0: welcome bride chillas and groom chillas groom chillas alicia let's uh let's workshop that you're listening to the save the date wedding podcast the number one wedding podcast hosted by author comedian and wedding advice
1: giver alicia mccormick I'm Alicia, the host of the Save the Date Wedding Podcast. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're an old listener, welcome. Welcome. Double welcomes. I am delighted to be bringing you this episode today with the wonderful Jess from The Budget Savvy Bride and Jen from SomethingTurquoise.com. These are two really excellent wedding planning resources if you're just starting out or if you've been planning for a while. DIY and also budget-friendly projects and ideas. Even if you're on a really super huge budget, I think it's really great to actually think outside the box a little bit when it comes to how you're spending your money. And it means you can allocate your cash elsewhere if you can save money in one part of your wedding planning. So the funny thing about this episode is we I have interviewed these two lovely ladies before uh, separately and they're in, as you'll hear in the in the show, in real life, they're really good friends. They get along really well. We started out with the topic in mind about budget-friendly DIY and the podcast really took a bit of a casual chat t- turn and I really loved it. So I haven't edited it too much. I've kept it pretty much as it was. So, it, you know, we go into sort of details about their weddings, their real-life weddings, Jen and Jess, and what they would choose to change or keep the same, I think it's a really great chat. So perhaps it's not as honed in in the theme that we had planned to do, but also I feel like we learn so much more uh, about their real-life Experiences. We also talk about trends coming into 2016, although we all really dislike the term trends because we don't think a wedding planning situation should be attached to trends at all because trends get us in trouble. People trends are when people, you know, wear big puffy bloody sleeves. And then 10 years later, they go, Oh my God, that's bloody awful. So, you know, you, you have to take it with a grain of salt or sand all crack whatever so that is where we're going today i want to thank you very much for subscribing and listening to the save the date wedding podcast if you are new to the show remember there are another 124 episodes prior to this that you can go back and listen to if you're an itunes listener just go back to the main page where you found me and you can see all the eps there the same with stitcher if you're an android and if you are listening at your desktop, which you can do if you want to stream it at work, just go to Acast, acast.com slash save the date. You'll see all of the episodes there and you can play it via your uh, browser, which is a super sneaky way to plug your headphones in at work, minimize the browser and listen. And no one will know except me. Well, I won't know actually because I, I don't spy on you. But I'm just saying just do it. All right, enough of me. Let's crack on, get to the interview. I hope you enjoy it. See you on the flip side. You have heard these people, these wonderful ladies before on the show. If you haven't, go back and listen to their episodes because they're ace. I have Jess. She is the original budget savvy bride. That's who she is. And Jen from SomethingTurquoise.com. They are good friends in real life. They're good friends online and they're my friends now because I've claimed them. Welcome to the show, ladies. <laughs> thanks for having us yeah so fun glad to be here oh I so get friend jealous on like we're all friends on Facebook and I watch you go on holidays and do wedding stuff together and I'm over the other side of the pond as everyone knows (laughs) I'm in London you're in America and I'm like I want to be in their group I want to go there I want to go to there Now you need to come over for a visit. Absolutely, I'm gonna I'm gonna crash your party, girls. I'm gonna crash it. (laughs) You're not crashing. You're invited. Thank you. Anytime. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Now, can we just do a quick recap on your friendship and what you both do, in case people are in the dark here? I've got a lot of probably new listeners to the show, newly engaged people. Congrats! Uh, So, how did it all begin? How did it all begin? That's good diction and grammar. How did it all begin, ladies? Well, I was in New York at
0: Alt Summit, which is like a blogger conference, and that summit was actually um, in Martha Stewart's offices. Of course. And Jess lives in New York, and so she happened to be there. And I forget, I feel like somebody was like, oh my god, you need to meet Jessica, because she's a wedding blogger. And I was like, okay, so somebody like grabbed Jess and introduced her to me, and then... That was kind of it. Oh.
2: Yes, we became very fast friends. I remember being at Alt Summit and I feel like I saw like your business card tacked to the wall and I was like, "No way, she's here because I had seen you know, your stuff on Twitter and, and Pinterest and stuff like that. And so I was really excited to meet you and we have so much in common. We mm. both love turquoise, obviously. Yep. Um, my bridesmaids wore turquoise in my wedding as one of my wedding colors. And so we have that, that in common and we both love to craft. And so yeah, we became very fast friends.
1: And what I love about both of your blogs, I mean, you know, we've talked a lot, uh, Jess, the budget savvy bride obviously talks a lot about being sensible in a non, in Australia, we go. Or non-daggy, non-nef way, but being—I've <laughs> <laughs> never heard that term before. Daggy. <laughs> I'm going to add that to my Australianisms. Daggy is like, oh gosh, we won't even get into what the word actually means, but it's—it means you know, in a non-sort of hokey way. But the idea that you know you are—you should be really useful with your money. You should be able to put it in a in a, in a use it in a way that's not sort of just chucking it away basically you obviously have a much better way to explain your website than what i just did which was shit (laughs) (laughs) it's a great website and then jen you do something boys is all about great diy so you guys are a natural combo i love that you've connected yeah it's really great i mean
2: diy is a way that a lot of brides um you know try to save money by doing things themselves whether it's creating decor and stuff like that and so you know, I definitely respond to Jen's projects and stuff and and love to kind of cross-promote and share those with my readers because they're looking for things that they can do themselves. Um, but DIY isn't always
1: uh, budget-friendly. So. No. And that's what we need no. to talk about today because I really think that some people get caught up in the DIY world and then have, well, full mental breakdowns because they overcommit. But also... <laughs> I <laughs> I've been there before. It's so voice of reason here. But also that it's not always the most budget friendly option especially if you've got to buy a ton of stuff so Jen let's start Jen your whole business is looking at you know great you create these amazing tutorials and what I love about your website is that you don't just say here's the finished product guys and then people are like I don't know what the f- I don't know how to do that what's going on you you do take <laughs> us through step by step on how to make it happen and you're also very good with reusing certain items we're not just seeing one thing that you've ordered from japan from some obscure website it's very versatile so uh yeah, let's talk about diy what are some of the good the bad and the ugly when it comes to diy uh with costings
0: well so i'm sure we've all seen that meme that has been floating around the internet that says why um buy this thing for five dollars when i can make it for 99 <laughs> right <laughs> Um, you know, if you have all the supplies like me, it's cheaper. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen my craft room, but my room is, uh, packed full of stuff and I'm, you know, I'm so grateful, but that's not the reality for a lot of DIY brides, especially No. where if you're talking about crafters, a typical crafter or someone who likes to make things might actually have more supplies than the typical DIY bride. So, I really try to do my best at sourcing, uh, supplies that you can find online and that you can find, you know, uh, either that you can buy in bulk or something like that because if I, you know, go down to my local gorgeous little gift shop and buy supplies that I'm gonna use, then my readers, uh, kinda get a little angry with me. Yeah. And they, <laughs> they tell me, like, well, I can't find this, I can't find this, I can't, you know. So, um, and I'm not kidding about that. So I, she's not, she's not kidding (laughs) at all. That's what I did in the beginning. You know, I used stuff that I had at home or like an old, let's say rubber stamp that I had, um, which I used, you know, it was a diamond ring. It was like a 99 cent stamp. I bought it. Michael's ages, you know, ago when I was getting married and then I used it in a project and it's like, well, I can't find that stamp. It's like, okay, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that this was going to be such a big deal. So um, that's my biggest thing is I just try to make sure that the supplies are, you know, easy to find everywhere. And unfortunately, you know, there's some places in Europe that and, and, and Australia that, you know, people just can't get the stuff that even is here on Amazon. So um, anyway, that's my biggest hurdle. Is making sure that everybody can get the supplies that I use.
1: Can I just say mm-hmm. to my Australian listeners that when we were living in Australia, I would often use a a, a separate sort of drop shipping company, and not drop shipping is in it's uh it's basically a shipping company that you would get the item that wouldn't be that wouldn't ship to Australia. You get it sent to us a depot, and then they basically re-label it and then send it to you, and you'd pay per kilo. It was just the size wow. of the box. And I look, I haven't lived in Australia for two years, so I don't want to give out information that is shonky, but (laughs) (laughs) that's not how I roll clearly, but it's worth, if you have something, especially with Amazon, I know Amazon is really improving in Oz each, each month, they're really trying to make it more accessible and it will come. I promise. But uh, I'm, I'm promising on behalf of Amazon because I'm so (laughs) close with them. Um, but the idea that if you can't get something, really investigate these companies because it's quite cheap for what you are paying for. And I would do all my shopping, like Clinique in Australia is quite expensive, whereas in the States it's like, well, they give it away on the corner. And so I would do <laughs> <laughs> I would do all my shopping and then get them to put it in one box and just send it to me. That's wow. I know I've just diverted the conversation then, but I have to say overseas. No, that's people,
0: really interesting.
1: Yeah. I will find out I'll do a little research and in the show notes for today's episode, I will put some of the current companies that are doing this stuff. Uh, And it's also good for European people as well. I'm sure there are similar um, businesses doing that. If not, I'll start one. You should. Yeah. I think Jen makes
2: like a really good point about like the supplies and like, I feel like supplies can kind of be divided into two different things. Like the supplies you actually need, um, like to create this thing and then like the tools required in order to make those things happen. Like, you know, paper is really inexpensive, but you know, a really good paper trimmer, or um, you know, paper guillotine kind of thing. Like those are a little more pricey. So that's where, you know, it can definitely like start to bust your budget.
1: And the cost per use stuff is a really good question. I know that you talk about Jen on something turquoise quite a lot. Is the idea to go look if you you know really if you're only going to use it once,
0: maybe Mm -hmm.
1: maybe not a good investment. Yep. And
0: then if you can borrow, if you have you know a friend who has one already or something like that, if you can borrow something, that's always a better deal because if you're not going to use it again, I mean it's just a bad purchase.
1: Totes. Totes. And and not
2: budget savvy. Not,
1: not budget, budget savvy. savvy. Well, Jess, this leads me to you. I, you know, looking. <laughs> yeah, that was my good little transition there for you, girlfriend. Um, if when I what I love about the budget savvy bride is that you do have these sort of great listings where you can click on real weddings and check out. You know, if your budget's ten grand, you can see 20,000 people. Other people that are on your website that have done it before. And it's really interesting seeing the balance of people that have DIY, but also have chosen to buy secondhand stuff who have really thought outside the box when it comes to their decor and their decorations. Are you seeing lots of DIY or are you seeing people uh, buying stuff off eBay and Amazon?
2: A little bit of both. And I even think that, you know, I see a ton of couples buying stuff, you know, secondhand at like thrift stores, Goodwill and whatever. And instead of, like, creating something, like, completely new, they, like, kind of upcycle what they Ooh, purchase. That's good. Um, You know, so easily you can, you know, kind of transform simple, you know, glass jars and vases that you can buy for, like, 25 cents each at, you know, a thrift store and give them a coat of spray paint, and it totally changes how it looks. And you can make really great centerpieces without spending a lot of money on stuff like that. Um, so I feel like I see more of that than just, like, You know, crazy crafting. You know, I I feel like Jen's audience is definitely more of the crafters, and mine are like, they're doing it out of necessity. They're doing it to save money.
1: (laughs) You know what? I think necessity really does breed creativity. I know that's been said millions of times before, but you do start when you get desperate in the sense of going, Look, we have no money left for centerpieces. And then you do go to the thrift store and you find these disgusting old glasses. And yeah. then you, but then, but I say, but then you add a bit of spray paint to them and then they're Pinterest insanely Pinterestable. It's crazy to see how creativity can really breathe this amazing um stuff. It's great. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely true. Yeah, for sure. They're not disgusting. I didn't mean to say disgusting. That was probably... No, no, no. But no. you know, like the Nana glasses that you like, I probably yes. wouldn't have them in my house. But if you add a bit of I don't know, beautiful blue paint to it, it's like everyone wants to own it. Or dip them in the right. gold. I love the gold dippy stuff. Yeah. It's right. the whole it like,
2: like trash to treasure oh. you know. Transformation. Why don't you guys have
1: a TV show? Can we make that
0: happen? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Well, let's... Jess will be raining in my budget problem because <laughs> that that really is the thing I mean a lot of my brides are are definitely not DIYing to save money they're DIYing because they want something incredibly unique mm. um because unfortunately I mean DIY like we said in the beginning isn't always budget friendly so there is a really fine line and I think that with the both of us if you're reading both of our blogs you're going to be able to kind of find that perfect line.
1: It is that delicate balance of deciding, well, also... I think we said this before, Jen. In my my first interview with you, which was like a million years ago. Please go back and listen to it. But <laughs> the idea that time is also, and you know, a big part of when we say a budget, you need to budget your time as yep. well. To say, do you have forty seven hours to work on three centerpieces? Possibly right? not. It's yeah, like- it's definitely true. Time is money, as they say. <laughs> <It's> true, <laughs> yeah. it is. And, and there are other time. Ty- I mean, life is short. If you don't, right. if you're not interested, but you want to look. You want the look of something. I'm sure you can find it on Etsy or, or Absolutely. other. And you recommend. You both have great Etsy recommendations. Yep. Yeah, it's very. It's it's. You just got to make the pros and cons list. You really do. Yeah, you really
0: do.
1: <laughs> I love a good pros and cons list. So we'll I love
0: keep, any kind of list.
1: Oh, look. So <laughs> do I. We should have. Called, we well, maybe we'll call this episode. 20,000 things you need to know about DIY and weddings, and then people will yeah. really just flock to it. It's like the BuzzFeed of, of weddings. Right. Uh, yes, a bus,
2: a BuzzFeed listicle in
1: podcast form. <laughs> <laughs> then I'll be a hit. Then we'll all be millionaires. Um, now, both of you, what do you think about 2016? We're in 2016. We're seeing lots of things come and go. Not to put you both on the spot here, but you do see a lot of things come and go. You've both been working in the blogging sphere for about forty-seven years combined, you—you've been. <laughs> Jess has been around forever, in, in blog terms. You were a, the original gangsters of, you know, wedding blogs, and I say that with absolute respect. You know that, but you've seen things come and go. What are you seeing now for two thousand and sixteen? Anything that's standing out? I've got one big one that you are both involved in, but I don't want to push Ooh, you wanna... into self-promotion. I want to hear it. <laughs> Well, I think Isle Society is going to be a massive part of this year. Oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. And, you know, you didn't prompt me to say that, obviously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going to be great. pretty cool. We're what both you- really excited about that. You will be hearing more about this on the show, but can you give us a little tantalizing tips, a little, uh, little insights, perhaps, ladies? Ooh, Jess, go for it.
2: Sure. Um, So Isle Society is kind of a collective of around, it's over 30, 30 plus uh, wedding bloggers from all over the world, actually. Um, We've got people in Australia and South America and the UK and obviously all across the United States. Um, we've all kind of come together to build this amazing new website that will debut this year and, um, it's just going to really change the way that couples are able to gather inspiration for their wedding day and, um, and of course interact with all of, you know, the bloggers that are involved in the project. So it's really exciting. We've got a great, um, you know, social media presence already. So if you're not already following Isle Society on Instagram, especially, um, but we're also on Periscope, Twitter, Facebook, all the usual places. Um, it's really exciting. And it's really uh, been amazing to work together with, with everybody as well.
1: Yeah, I love that. You know, seeing I, I I'm an avid Facebook follower and Instagram follower, and and every sort of day you feature a piece from the bloggers that are involved, and it's just really nice to see the diversity and also the the difference in messages, and um, but also a unity in what you are all bringing to the to the project. But it's just nice every day, sort of seeing a different blog post come from the bloggers, and and um, I'm so excited to be able to. Hopefully, regularly speak to our society bloggers and get that um, get them involved in Save the Date as well. It'll be a really nice little crossover.
2: Yeah, for sure. We have so many different you know niche bloggers, um, whether it's based on location or style or whatever it is. So we have tons of you know little experts that can speak to a whole range of wedding uh, topics yeah. with you. So,
1: well, I'm I'm excited. It's just great. It's great content. Great people to get to know, and um, I think yeah, follow all of the various social media accounts. You'll get to know when it's launching, and uh, if you're listening to this in 2027, it's probably the biggest <laughs> wedding website ever. So you yeah, heard it well, first. I like where you had that. <laughs> I, like I like that. People always talk about um, you know. Last year they talked about the what the wedding colors are. That, you know, everyone talks about is it the pennet? How do you say it? Pantone pantone you know last year it was masala and this year what is it I don't know blue it's and... two actually is There's it two of them, tell yeah. me tell me about them because I should know this I feel like it looks like a baby shower oh
0: <laughs> I, I tend to agree honestly okay. I think both of the colors are gorgeous on their own mm. they you know they're beautiful on their own but together I don't understand the combination and why we have two this year. But hey, I'm up for whatever.
1: So what they do is they release like the, the most popular color for weddings every year. That's how it is, isn't it? It's like a recommendation. I don't think it's.
0: I don't think it's for weddings. I think it's just it's in general. For design, yeah, the design industry as oh. a whole. So
2: they're they're basically predicting what will be like the biggest colors used in textiles and fabrics and fashion and oh. home decor and weddings. You know, it's like they're kind of setting that trend ahead oh, of time
1: gosh i was so out of touch i just assumed it. i just see i just think about wedding so much that i just assumed it was all about wedding
2: <laughs> in a way i kind of feel like it's a marketing play because then yep. you know pantone releases this oh this is the it color of beer the and then all of the different you know retail um outlets and stuff they scramble to create things in those colors yeah so well, that they'll love- sell because that's what everyone's been told are the it colors of the year so it's like feeding this like retail monster you well, know
1: and i just as googled i've just found in google news preta reporter did a a, a, a a what is it called a story is what we're trying to say alicia about sephora doing uh they're doing a color palette from it so you are exactly right that's people just yeah. cashing in good luck to them
2: good yeah. luck <laughs> Just remember the difference between a need and a want. Oh,
1: hey, (laughs) that is a great statement to be made and and a great statement to actually remember because I think a lot of the times, especially if we've got new brides that are just checking in for the first time or just starting to... Plan their wedding. This is a really good statement. Let's say it again, Jess. What is it? Know
2: the difference between a need and a want.
1: See? And that is such a great thing. Starting out wedding planning, it's pretty overwhelming. There's a lot of decisions to make. Someone said to me recently in an interview, uh, a a lovely lady called Sandy uh, interviewed recently, and she said, you know, maybe just pick three things to start with when you're planning your wedding. What you actually, three things that you could not live without. Not that anyone's dying. There's no death. <laughs> and that made me go, what would your three things be if you were to plan the wedding again, your wedding again tomorrow? What would be the three areas that you would definitely not be able to have a wedding without? Jen.
0: Oh, what am I? Oh, what are my three? Okay. Okay. So I was a big time budget bride and we didn't have money for a good photographer. Ah. And that is, I am talk, telling you, It haunts me to this day. (laughs) Okay, because aside from your marriage, fluffy, fluffy, right? All you have is your photography left from your wedding day. Mm. So I put so much heart and soul and love into everything. I planned my entire wedding, and it was the greatest year of my life, right? And um, I don't have much. To uh, you know, to look back on, so it absolutely breaks my heart. So, n- absolutely, number one is photography.
2: Couldn't agree more. So, did you not hire a professional photographer at all, or
0: I did not. We <gasps> oh hired. My gosh. Listen to both of us. <gasps> yeah, yes. we hired a friend <laughs> who was an amateur photographer, and um, paid her, you know, a small amount.
1: Right.
0: And, um, yeah, it was uh, the, probably the worst dis- decision I could have made. Oh, my gosh. But we were really young. No, None of our friends had gotten married. We were the first ones to get married. So you know how that kind of happens. It's like you're the first one to get married. Um, nobody around you kind of has that advice. There were not wedding blogs when I got married mm-hmm. uh, nine years ago. And, like, the wedding bee was just kind of coming up. It was kind of like this chat room thing. And then um, the only, in, you know, inspiration I had really was Martha Stewart Weddings. So um, I didn't realize how important it was to hire a professional. And so um, that is my number one, you know, that's a big yeah. one.
1: And, yeah. I guess, yeah. I, and also, you know, I had a bride write to me and say that she was, which was lovely that she shared this with me that she was, after listening to one of the podcast episodes, she sort of came to her senses and her and her partner have ditched the 150 seat head wedding and they're having a 16. 16- head wedding with their very close family and friends and which is amazing. She's went, we can't afford it. We don't want it. We're just going to change it all up. But what are the things that you would say to keep it still sort of weddingy? And I said the same thing. You've got to have, even if there's five people, there are one person, there two people that there's well, got to be more than one, obviously have a photographer. It makes all the difference.
2: It really is true. It's the only like physical tactical thing that you have, you know, or tactile thing you have left yeah. after the wedding day is those photos.
1: What are your other one at two and three then, Jen? Oh, let me think about that for a second. All right, we'll I'll let Jess we'll go. will throw for it, it over to Jess.
2: No <laughs> yeah, courage. for me, definitely, photography um, was my biggest priority. When we got married, we were also on a pretty limited budget. But wedding blogs were first starting to to come up, obviously, because like that's when I started mine also, um, <laughs> and so. You know, I was obsessed with looking at wedding photos. I was following just wedding photographers. I would find their blogs, and I'd stalk them, like Jasmine Starr <laughs> and Jessica Clare and, like, all the, you know, Becker. Um, they were huge, huge followings back then on their um, wedding photography blogs. Of course, I could not afford any of them because their rates started at the, you know, total sum of our budget wedding. Wow. Um, <laughs> So I kind of had to, you know, scale my expectations a little bit. Um, And what ended up happening was we hired a friend who was a professional photographer and she had her assistant shoot our wedding. Ah. Um, What ended up happening was in the process of, planning our wedding, I lost my job and I became unemployed. And so um, my background was in graphic design. And so I actually ended up working for the girl who owned the photography studio. And um, I was doing design work for her and email marketing templates and, you know, designing save the dates for her um, clients and things like that. And so I ended up actually working off the balance for our photography budget. Amazing. Um, by working for her part time. And so, so that, awesome. that was like the only way I was able to afford, you know, to hire a professional photographer who actually did work that I liked. And, um, you know, that was the only way I was able to afford it. So,
1: <laughs> but I love that, that you made that happen. That was very, uh, lateral thinking yeah. of you. It's great.
2: I really had to get creative. Like you said, like, um, you know, necessity inspires creativity and and that was a very good um you know case in point of that for
1: i had sure. i had a, a, a email and I, i'm terrible for not remembering her name but a bride wrote to me and sort of said that her dad is an artist and has somehow done some bartering and has uh, swapped a swapped piece of art for some catering for her wedding wow. And I was like, man, that is great. That is thinking really, you know, that was thinking not even inside the box. It wasn't even a box there. But the idea, I don't know how they came up with this situation of going, I'm going to swap you a piece of art for catering. But it was great. And I think if you've got a service like that and someone's up for it, why not? Absolutely. <laughs>
2: yes.
1: So what about our two and three?
2: Um, for me, hmm. um I think our second biggest priority was our guest list. Um, We, When we got married, we were just kind of freshly out of college and had a really large group of friends um, that we were, you know, spending time with on a regular basis. So we very much felt like the pressure of we have to invite everybody or nobody, you know. Um, and I also have a fairly large family. And so, you know, before we knew it, we had a guest list of almost like 200 that we were trying to invite to this wedding. We ended up with, I think, 150 in attendance. Um, so yeah, we really had to like get creative to make that work. Um, obviously, but so that was definitely number two for us was that we had a fairly large guest list that we wanted to be able to accommodate. Um, and, would you, and then, would
1: you now, if you were to do it again tomorrow, would there still be 150 people there?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Mm. Absolutely not.
2: Honestly, yeah, that would be one of the things that I would change. I would, I mean, I, I loved our wedding. I don't really like have regrets about it by any means, but um I do feel like, I think it also depends on the stage of life you're in. You know what I mean? Like at that point, like I said, we were seeing all of our friends on a regular basis. None of us Really had kids yet. We were all still hanging out on the, on the regular, you know, and so it would be weird to not invite all those people. Sure. But now, you know, we're older. Um, some of our friends have kids, you know, people we've lost touch with over the years. I mean, they, most of the people, I think, I think pretty much everybody who came to our wedding, we're still in touch with, but we're not as close maybe as we once, once were. And, um, and so, you know, just for the sake of, um, Like, lessening the stress involved, I feel like I would probably keep it a little more intimate.
1: Is that that the same for you
0: too, Jen? You know, uh, ours was very intimate. So, the biggest thing that was important to me is I wanted this gorgeous wedding, but I didn't have the money for it. So, um, I really wanted to make it all about our guests. And I wanted them to have a wonderful time. And I wanted them to, I wanted to be able to have like a delicious dinner and, you know, the whole thing, but obviously like on a smaller scale. So what we ended up doing, we only, we only had 80, 82 people.
1: Um, but that's still a good size though. Yeah, I was going to say, we, yeah, that's, that's still lots of people. <laughs> Yeah, um, but we got we got
0: married on a small little island that's just off the coast of um, where we currently live. It's called Catalina, and um, we okay. So backstory is we were going to have like a 250 person uh, dessert only style uh, like Los Angeles wedding at this amazing old old school movie theater. Wow! And um, still that uh, dude. <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. And so, like, you, you, the wedding would be in the evening. So, you would have, like, this red carpet out, like, very vintage, like, think, like, 30s, 40s movie theater. And you have, like, a red carpet lined in candles, and everybody walks in that way. And then, there's a full, full-on old movie, like, a silent movie, with a person playing a piano, like, an organ, like, an organ?
2: Yeah.
0: And playing along to this silent movie about wedding, like, about, like, a wedding and then they have this beautiful little terrace and you know, we could have drinks and, um, just a full on like dessert reception. So it was just going to be like dessert and drinks. And, um, at the last minute, the six months before the event, the venue canceled on me. Oh no. Oh my
2: goodness.
0: Yeah. I was literally going to put my save the dates in the mail (gasps) and they canceled. So, um, we were kind of in uh, you know I don't I don't even know what mode you would call that, like terrified <laughs> crisis mode. <or> like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crisis mode, exactly. Like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? And then um my dad recommended Catalina and we both love Catalina and we love the beach, and so it was like, okay, we'll think about it, you know. Um but then uh Then I realized, like, light went off, like, oh, my gosh, if we have it that far away, it's not far, it's only an hour, but you do have to buy a boat ticket, and there's some logistics involved. Mm. I'm thinking if we do that, then less people would want to come, and I could spend more money on those special people. So that's kind of what happened, and we really uh, honed our guest list down to people that we had seen in the past year. Great.
1: That's a great tip.
0: It was difficult, but if somebody had an issue with it, that was all we said was, you know, we had a, you know, had a, you know, this mishap that happened and we had to do things kind of last minute. So it wasn't really last minute as in six months, but, you know, if you're planning a wedding in six months, it's, you know, the venue and the whole thing. It just, you know, it does take time. So It's definitely um, more
2: challenging on a tighter timeline for sure.
0: Yeah, so we did, so we did, we nailed the guest list by people we had seen in the last year, and that really just helped us out. So I would definitely still have invited all of those people, because they were literally all of our family, and only 12 friends.
1: Wow, that's, you got a big family. Wow.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I definitely still would have invited all of those people, and the only thing I would have done, and it's only a budget thing, I was only, we were only able to pay for one drink per person. Right. And I would have loved to have been able to pay for more drinks just because I think that that's so nice, you know, but on the flip side, you know, I had, uh, coffee favors in the room waiting for them when they checked into their hotel room, like little niceties like that, where, you know, like I said, I was able to spend a little bit more because we had less people. So I would definitely say alcohol. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, but that, that was for me. And so, you know, you really like we've been talking about. You have to decide what's important for you. And then I loved having a def- destination wedding. I loved it, loved it, loved it. So I definitely would do that again.
1: Oh, this is he! I love that this podcast episode's just turned into us talking, having a chat. This is what I love about you <laughs> girls. We've ditched our topic, and I'm enjoying this we even more. Kind of have, huh? Who cares? Who, do you listeners? Do you care? No, you're enjoying it. Hopefully. Taking but, on a mind of its own. But this is what, you know, this is what it's all about. And I love hearing your feedback about your real weddings as well. Because I think sometimes we all talk in wedding vendor talk and people are used to talking about wedding, two brides and grooms talk to wedding vendors and it's all sort of business. But to hear these real stories is really great. And I think it's, um, I'm sure my listeners are going, you know what, this is, stuff happens and uh, we've all got different situations. So it's really great to be able to share this with them, Ladies, now I would talk. I want to keep talking, but we've hit half an hour, and I feel like we should let people go back to their days. <laughs> Was that terrible that I've just cut our conversation off with my time no. limits? No,
0: I. You know, I could talk to you for forever. I feel like, oh my god, I, I, sit I, here just, and... I
1: just
2: listen to your cute accent all day. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. <laughs>
1: You guys, well, I always feel, uh, you know, very, uh, I am in sort of wedding blog royalty being involved in your lovely presence. So I feel always grateful for the time and and, um, I learn from you every day. So thank you both. You're fabulous. Oh,
2: my gosh. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, my
1: gosh. Well, I keep promising that I'll be coming to America to visit you both. So I'm going to make that happen. 2016 is the year of Alicia coming to the U.S., like like an eddie murphy movie but probably weirder uh i will be there (laughs) if that's possible if you speak it out into the
2: world it might come true sometimes
1: Sometimes when you speak it (laughs) well i'm just gonna say that let's put let's put it out there into the ether now and we will see what the money gods send me and also (laughs) hey I feel like we should go and just organize that other wedding at the cinema for you, and just do it again, like a Heidi Klum Halloween party that we do every year. We could just recreate yeah. a different dream wedding of all of us each year. Yeah,
2: your tenure is coming up soon, right, Jen?
1: Oh, this year. I'm- well, I think we should just put it out there, and you should have a party and do that sort of thing for your anniversary. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah, that's but- a
2: lot of pressure.
1: Yeah, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> when is it? What month is it? Uh, November. Oh my god, you have got 11 months. Just relax. Let's get this party started.
0: <laughs> okay, I'll have to start planning today. You got the contacts. We
1: can make it happen. Yeah, that's yeah right.
2: right? I um, better be invited. That's
1: all I have to say. Me too. I'm there. Uh, I've already, in- I came up <laughs> with the <laughs> idea, so I'm coming. <laughs> The budget and something turquoise.com separate addresses. We're dealing with here. This is where you can find these two wonderful women and their world of fabulous information. If you don't follow them on all the social medias, you are missing out my friends. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what 2016 brings us all. And also having you both back on the show, both together and individually. I'm not biased. <laughs> Can't yeah. wait. Yeah. Sounds good. And to hear uh, what the year of, I don't know, whatever Pantone bloody colour it's telling us to you, whatever that year brings us, will be. When's it going to be turquoise? I, well, I let's get this started. I think we could maybe get a petition going. I'm signing a
0: petition. My color of the year is turquoise. Turquoise.
1: Well, let's just say officially 2016 is the year of turquoise. And uh, I, I think if you want more information, you know where to go. <laughs> well, just to sum up this whole episode that might have been a little rambling but fun, that if you are DIYing, think about the budget. Think about your time. Make sure you make the right decisions. Don't be buying expensive things if you're never going to use them again. Or if you do, borrow them or resell them on eBay. Yep resale thank you all right well until next week my lovely listeners uh i bid you happy wedding planning happy days thank you ladies
0: thank you save the date wedding podcast don't plan your wedding without it